Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today. and I am here with Shannon from Kick House Warminster in Pennsylvania. What's up, Shannon? How are you today? Good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Um, so I have always been an athlete, always, you know, did bodybuilding. I played the cross in high school and tennis and a gymnast, all of these kind of things. So fitness has always just been my life. Um, I really got into the nutrition aspect of it in college. And then to manage my own mental health, I really dove into the fitness aspect of it um, and how that, you know, was helping people on different levels. So I think that's what kind of drove me into it. I became the franchise manager of a studio back in 2016. Um, and, you know, it was kind of my first dabble as professionally being in the fitness industry. Um, so I was very new to it, although I knew the background of it, you know, I had never actually been in it and it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things. And then I purchased my studio January 1st of 2001. Um, so it's been a great, just a little over a year as an owner, um, learned a lot. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of came came up the ranks there, which is good. It's a, a good foundation to build along the way before just kind of jumping into owning your own studio. Like you said, you learned a lot beforehand. So that's definitely helpful making yeah. that transition into ownership because otherwise there are so many things that kind of come up along the way that you don't really expect. Even so, you know, even so having that experience beforehand. Um, so now how does the structure of classes and kind of service offerings work at the facility? What is your business model? Like, are we doing group classes? Are we doing any one-on-ones, any private sessions? How does that all kind of look? So we do an array of different things. Our, the majority of what we offer is group classes, um, but we do offer, you know, individual sessions as well as nutrition counseling. Um, so we're kind of the one stop for everything. Um, as you know, the studio is basically based around kickboxing, um, but we do offer other classes as well. So we do yoga and functional training and Zumba and a lot of different things just so, you know, our clientele doesn't have to go elsewhere to get what they want right. out of the gym. Absolutely. Okay. So lots of different kind of offerings within the facility to satisfy whatever it is that your clients are looking for. So okay. how many members are you currently serving within the facility as a whole? So I active, I have active members, which are people who are at least coming twice a week, um, is around 257. Okay. Um, paying members is just right around 300, but those people don't always generally come twice a week. Right. Um, so we're about 40% capacity based on our class schedule. Okay. All right. And now what does the marketing piece look like? How are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do? How are you getting more people in the door? So I, I will say right off the bat, marketing has always been the biggest struggle. I think as a 
manager managing a facility and as an owner, you know, the marketing piece is the hardest part of owning a gym. Um, it is the most frustrating part. It's the part where you have to really be okay with making changes very quickly and just going with your gut kind of, um, so we've done a lot of different things since I've owned the studio. Um, we were very stagnant when I was managing the studio with the previous owners because they were afraid to take a risk, um, to be very honest with you. And I think that yeah. hurt us and hurt the studio, you know, for a long time. So we ended up going with a specific company that I think, you know, is very similar to how Jim Launch runs their things. Six week challenge, getting people in the door. We started to do really well with that. And then we fell off very hard um, towards the time that we transitioned to Kick House. So when we transitioned to Kick House, I went with a smaller firm and we offered like one class free, which we still do offer. Um, wasn't very lucrative. So I switched marketing companies twice to use the same ad for that to see, you know, okay, maybe it was just a marketing company switched it again and okay, we're still not seeing the results. So now it's time to change. That right. was between January and April. I used two different marketing companies, same type of ad. We weren't getting the results that we wanted or that I wanted. So mm -hmm. I ended up going back to a company that did a six week challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for people to get in, they get the nutrition, they kind of get that full package deal. Mm -hmm. um, so we are using that currently, but it's starting not to work again. So I actually have a call with somebody tomorrow to see what, where to go next. Um, right. You know, I think that is the hardest part. Marketing is so up and down mm -hmm. in the industry. Like something is going to work for an amount of time and then you have to change it. It's not going to work forever. Right. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's always a struggle uh -huh. for at least my studio. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the marketing piece is definitely challenging and it's constantly changing. Like you said, you know, it's like, you've got to be willing to kind of take some risks here and there. You've got to be willing to adapt and change and keep up with the algorithms and, you know, make sure everything's targeted properly and keep your ads fresh, your copy fresh. It's like, there's, there's so much to it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the challenges are a great way to get people in the door, get them results, get them committed for enough time for them to be able to see results and then, you know, transfer them into those longer term memberships. Um, as far as ads go and ad spend goes, it's like if you're not getting three to one returns, at least on your ad spend, it's not worth it, exactly. you know? And it's, there are so many companies out there that promise X amount of leads, right? And it's like, okay, great. So I can have a million leads, but first of all, if they don't like fitness, they're not even interested in fitness, that doesn't matter. If they are interested in fitness, but they're not actually walking through my doors, then that doesn't matter, you know? So it's so appealing with so many companies out there because they're like, we'll get you a thousand leads this month. And it's like, oh, cool. Awesome. Okay. And everybody kind of is like, great. But then, like I said, it's like, okay, are they interested in fitness? Are they actually coming in the doors? Like there are multiple things there that are important as far as, um, leads go in general. So now what does your nurturing process look like? So if somebody is interested in the facility, are you nurturing those leads and getting them to come into the facility? Most facilities, most companies in general have no systems in place whatsoever for lead nurture. And that's 
huge piece of things. Yes, um, I, think, I think that was our issue with the first class free. A lot of people saw one free class, they would sign up for it. There was no nurturing connected to it. So then there was no, you know, there was no return. There was no traffic coming in the door, all of those kind of things. With right. the six challenge system, we do have nurturing um, automated system that is set up. We also you know, a manual system where the staff is calling them, we call them twice a day for five days. And if we don't hear from them by then, we kind of just give up and we send them just to the automated system. So, you know, it's, is time consuming hour wise for, you know, staff and payroll, but then that's why we cut it down to those five days, because if they're not interested and they're not scheduled in five days, they're not going to do it. It's right. not the right thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's something too, with like the free class offer. It was like, I never offered a free class or anything for free because it was like, you always used to get like tire kickers, you know, people just wanted to come in, check it out. They weren't very serious. And I was like, you know, I, I really don't want to waste my time there. You know, it's like, I want people that are serious, that have goals that are looking to change their lives. Um, so I, I know a, a lot of those companies do offer like a free class or like a free week or free whatever. And I was just like, no, no I'm not. Yeah. Doing you know, I will say that we still do offer the free class um, mm -hmm. as more of an organic reach through mm -hmm. the franchise ads themselves. And I think we have a great time weeding those people out because they need equipment to actually come in and take that first free class. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with COVID going on, we don't have any loaner equipment. It's just right. not we don't do any of that. So they have to make at least a $50 purchase in order to take their free class. Mm -hmm. So if they're coming in and they're willing to spend the $50 on the equipment to take their free, free class, we know they're going to stay. Right. And if they don't show up for the class because they don't want to pay for those gloves, it's not a waste of our time. Yes. So yeah. it makes it a lot easier. Definitely. That is a good aspect there, having that purchase for the equipment in place so that there is some level of commitment there because when people do come in and they don't have some type of purchase beforehand there is no commitment there whatsoever you know and it's like a lot of times like I said they come in they just want to try it and then they're like eh, and they leave and you never see them again and then it's like you know you're wasting your time which is so important the only resource you can't get back on people who maybe aren't so interested. Um, so now what does growth look like? What are, what are your goals for 2022? What's the main focus in the business? So, you know, my studio has been in the top five of the franchise since January of 2021, um, yep. which is great. We kind yeah. of hover at spot number two. I don't really like it there. I'm very competitive. <laughs> So, you know, my goal for there is to move up to spot number one. Um, the current number one studio is doing about $97,000 a month, okay. um, which is in the range that I would love to be in. Um, we currently hover bad months are around 40,000, good months are around 65, 70,000. So to kind of push it past that limit. Um, and that really does come down to marketing. So I have to fine tune the marketing aspect of it. My team is phenomenal. They are great with sales. You know, it's not just a fitness business. It really has little to do with the actual act of fitness itself. It's more of a people yes. business and selling to them. So, you know, going through that 
aspect with my staff, they've been with me for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I don't have anybody that's been with me. Actually, I have one person that's been with me for less than a year, but she was a member for two years prior. And now she works in the studio. So, you know, they've been with me for a long time. They're very well versed on everything. They pick up on things very quickly. Um, So it's great. Again, it's just that marketing aspect. And I will say another aspect of it is a lot of studios. And I think I personally was stuck in that myself, you know, you have to learn how to monetize everything that you can. Mm -hmm. Um, So monetizing your time. Um, You know, I I spoke with the owner of this other studio and she was like, you know, my staff literally will not talk to anyone about nutrition unless they schedule a time and they pay for it. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. Um, You know, we get into this business of people and we want to help them and that's great, but the bleeding heart doesn't make you successful all the time. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Yes. (laughs) I love that you said that because it's like the amount of people that I talk to that are like, you know, well, I didn't get in this business to make money. I got in this business to help people. And I'm like, yes, of course, but it's not cool if you can't pay your bills because then you can't help people. Well, exactly. And that's the point. If you're not making any money, (laughs) right. If your doors are closed, you're not helping anyone. And the other side of that is the more people that you help, the more money you're making. It just goes hand in hand, you know? So it's like, I've never been, I've never met anybody that was mad about making more money. You know, it's like, I know we want to paint this picture about being, these giving generous people. And yes, that is why we get into it is to help people to change their lives. But you know what? They need to have a financial commitment to change their lives. You know, that's an important piece. The more invested they are financially, the more committed they're going to be and the better results they're going to get and kind of getting past that. The amount of people that are like, well, I'm not a salesperson. I don't do sales. I this, I that. And it's like, I get it, you know, but do you want your doors to stay open? (laughs) Well, and that's, I think that's a big mistake that a lot of people make too, is when hiring staff, you know, they look for people with fitness background. I personally do not. I look for people with sales background. Do you know how to sell to people? I can teach you the rest. Yes. Learn the rest. It's just how to move your body, how to put on a show. Like the rest is easy. It's the sales aspect that is the hardest for most people. Mm And if they don't have that, then why even, I don't care how many pushups they can do if they can't sell. No, exactly. And, you know, sales are sales. Once you learn it in one area, you can kind of transfer it into any area. And it actually applies in so many areas of your life. Like once you start really diving into it, you really start to pick up on things, even things that, you know, are put in front of your face, advertisements and different things, you know, you really start to pick up on things and, Um, it's just, it's just interesting to me that so many people won't, won't put any time into learning that as business owners, you know, it's like, that's a huge missing piece there. And then also when you said, you know, you, you like to hire people that don't have fitness experience. I actually would look for people specifically that didn't have fitness experience because they're not jaded, you know? It's like they come in with a fresh mind and outlook and everybody has their own ideas about fitness and what it should be and nutrition and how people should eat and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But it's so much easier if when hiring, you just train people yourself. 
because then they don't come in with these like preconceived notions on how things should be. You know, there's so many times that I was training and it would be like, well, I feel like, and it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you can have your own views, that's fine. But here, this is the way we're gonna do it. And sometimes it can be challenging to break through that with people. Um, so that's why a lot of times I would just go with people that didn't have the experience and it was easier. Yeah. And that's what, you know, the way that I train my staff is that they do not, they're not even allowed to teach classes or anything. They're not allowed to take clients, not allowed to do any of that until they are successful in the sales piece. Yes. So they have a certain portion of time where they really have to get it down. You know, it's given to them that you have to know this, or unfortunately you will not have hours here. Yes. Um, and you know, as I have a great relationship with my staff. They are, we are definitely very close. You know, we've been together for a very long time, but they understand that aspect of it. And I think it's because I tell them from the gate, these, this is what I expect from you. I don't expect anything less. And they always rise to the occasion. Yes, yes, absolutely. I was the same way. It was like, okay, these are the expectations. I will perform at this level and I expect you to level up. Exactly. You know, and it's like, and if you're doing something that is not in line with that, I'm going to let you know, because if I don't let you know, I'm doing you a disservice by not letting you know, I'm holding you back by not showing you what it is that you need to do to improve and just always keeping a very open line of communication there. And then also, you know, as an owner, you should be able to perform every task within your business. You know, Absolutely. you should be able to get out there and make a sale. You should be able to get out there and teach a class and not because you should be doing it on a daily basis, but just to lead by example, exactly. you know, and just to be able to show the staff, this is how it should be done. And then also to be able to teach it, you know, like to be able to teach your staff what they should be doing and to know what it should look like. You know, there are so many owners that don't, don't, don't know how to teach a class that don't know what it should look like. And, and yeah. I'll be very honest with you. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they get into a fitness franchise, whether it be kick house or any other franchise is that they think they can just be silent owners, yeah. <laughs> wash their hands of the situation. And I think that is the biggest downfall for these studios that are not seeing the turnaround that, you know, they're looking for. I can tell you now I am in my studio. I still operate my studio. Mm -hmm. I still teach a lot of classes, probably, I may even teach the most classes out of all my instructors, um, you know, because most of them have full-time jobs outside of the studio, mm -hmm. but I am there 30 hours a week. I am face-to-face -face with the clients. I am doing the sales, making the phone calls, cleaning the bathrooms, doing whatever needs to be done, but mm -hmm. that also gives me the insight of what's working, what's not working. So when a staff member comes to me and says, hey, this is the quality of leads that we're getting, I know they're being honest and they're not just saying that because right. they're not selling because I'm seeing it too. Um, right. And I feel like that is a big, you know, cutoff for a lot of owners. They try to micromanage when they do go into their studios, they, you know, suffocate their staff because they don't actually know what's going on. And they're just looking at, well, we're not making any money. Why aren't you doing your yeah. job? And that's not always the case. There is a right. lot that goes into that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it happens all the time because a lot of times that's how the franchises are sold yes. as absentee owner situations. It's going to run itself. You won't have to worry about it. And it's just not 
True. In most, in most cases, anyway. Maybe eventually, have, like if you have the studio for a long time and you get it to that right. point, then yes, eventually you could probably walk away and be like, all right, you guys are doing it great, but there's no way that a franchise can get off the ground without heavy involvement from the owners yes. in the studio. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, especially initially getting all of the right systems in place, getting the right staff in place, making sure that everything is functioning properly so that you can step out a little bit. Um, and even when you do step out, it's not, typically it's not fully, you know, it's like, you still got to keep your eye on it and and make sure that everything is, is running smoothly. So yeah, that's a a huge piece that definitely gets overlooked very often, but it does start from the sale of the franchise itself. You know, it's like so many companies sell their franchises in that way. Like it's going to be absentee owner. It's going to run itself. And And you know, I think I really liked that aspect of kick house because Jessica, you know, is the owner of kick house CEO. She was very forthright. We are a new franchise. We are learning every day. And if you're going to sign on with us, you're going to learn with us. And then it's great. You know, she asks for patience and she's very like open with like, okay, this isn't working. We have to, you know, we have to change this. She's very, very involved, not just some poster, you know, child as our previous, you know, franchise was uh, Mm -hmm. this larger than life person. She's very down to earth, very like, okay, I know some of you aren't making money. Money is tight. This is where I think you should go, but if it doesn't work for you, figure out what does and I'll help you get it there. Um, Which is awesome. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a big difference when you have somebody at the top that you can communicate with and share. And, you know, it's not always just your fault. You know, it's like, okay, how are we going to fix this as a brand across the board? How can I help? What do we need to do rather than it just being like, well, you know, if you're not doing what we're doing and it's not working, it's your fault. Well, exactly. And I think like, I'm one of those, I'm not going to lie. I'll be very honest. We're one of my studio is one of those rogue studios. We really don't follow along with everything that franchise, Mm -hmm. you know, suggests or, you know, puts forth. We don't do everything that they're doing, but it's because I know those things, there's other things in place that work better than that for us at that time. So we're not pressured to go in a direction that will stray us from the income that we're already making. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we were always that way too good or bad, you know, but we were always like, well, we're, we're doing something that's working. So, you know, we're going to keep doing it uh, regardless. Um, So yeah, it's, it, it's nice that you have that freedom though, to be able to do that. So that's good to hear. Uh, Now, one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, opening their own facility, doing their own thing, what would that be? What, what is one of the most valuable lessons you've learned over the years? Um, I think the most valuable lesson that I've learned is to trust yourself and to just go for it. A lot of people get so stuck in being afraid that what if it doesn't work out? And, you know, what if I'm making a mistake or this or that? You're going to make mistakes, right? But you are in control of that and you have to trust yourself enough to know that you can make it work. Right. So when I bought the franchise, it was in the middle of a pandemic, right? Gym, most gyms were closed. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. My husband was an engineer. He was a breadwinner. He got into a very serious car accident. He was hit by a drunk driver and has oh been. My gosh. So two months before I bought the studio, we lost our main source of income um, mm-hmm. because he was, has a broken back, couldn't do anything, you know, all these things. Um, I have three kids. I, at the time, didn't know I was pregnant with my third. I found out 
a month after signing the papers for the studio. Oh, oh my gosh. So I really did not have an opportunity to let this studio fail. Right. Um, and as scary as it was, I just completely threw myself into it. Mm -hmm. I had to. Um, but I knew and I trusted myself enough to know that I would make the right decisions and that I would think on my feet and not be afraid to take those big risks to switch things when they needed to be changed and do things at the drop of a dime if they weren't working, you know, all right. of those kind of things. And I think that is the most valuable lesson that I've learned is to literally just trust my gut. I would self-reflect, okay, I'm not doing great at these things, or I don't know enough about this mm -hmm. and do that personal development to learn yes. the things that I wasn't comfortable with. Um, so I think it was more a lot of self-reflection that I learned, you know, how to, you know, train myself to succeed um yes. and just trust my gut mm -hmm. with those things right absolutely well first of all i'm glad that your husband's okay and that everything is <laughs> you know stable um but that's a really good point that you make about looking in the mirror you know like that can be really hard to do and it's as far as like ego goes you know oh yeah ugly. <laughs> yeah like admitting that maybe you didn't no, maybe you didn't do the best thing or maybe you don't know all the answers or it can be really hard to do that and and make adjustments and say hey maybe i was wrong you know and that's something that's so hard to do and that's also something that i would always encourage my staff to do even after like every sale if they didn't make the sale it wasn't like well this person didn't have the money or they couldn't do it because of x y and z it was like okay let's look at how we could have improved how could we have done better uh every time rather than just creating this negativity kind of spiral of you know it's everybody else and exactly. that's a, a really good point and a really good way to look at things because that's how you grow you know, and it's, it's not a comfortable position to be in, but that's what we've got to do to force ourselves outside of our normal day to day and, and get to that next level. So yeah, I think the first year of ownership was literally me just being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. because every day there were so many things that like, you don't know until you know. So there were so many things that you learn, especially in that first year of ownership, being a manager, the previous owners, you know, they did micromanage a lot. There was a yeah. lot. We looked at the, they looked at the business as a numbers and this and yes. that. And, you know, when I managed the studio, as much as I did look at the sales, I also, I love doing this because I love to help people. I still had that naive mindset. Yes. I still love to do what I do because I do love to see people succeed, but it was so much self-reflection and so much like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable in this anxiety over how I was going to handle the situation, but then really taking a step back and be like, okay, this is what I need to do to get to that point. So let's just take the next step that I know I need to take. In right. order to get there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's a, a, a good point to make. And I, again, I love that you have that mindset of like, it's not just all about how helping people and how many people am I going to help? Like, yeah, you, you have to make sales. You have to make yeah. money, keep the doors open to be able to help people. So yeah. I love that. Um, that's always what I say, but I always feel like aggressive kind of telling people that, you know, sometimes, cause everybody's like, Oh, well, it's about the community. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course it is. But like, let's keep our doors open. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's when you build a community that's based around the aspect of a financial commitment, it makes your life so much easier. Yes. People, I mean, I literally, if you were to walk in my studio any single day, as horrible as it looks, 
my pro shop where we sell all of our merchandise is empty. I cannot yeah. keep things on the shelf. I can't <laughs> order them fast enough. They literally, I don't even get to hang them up. They sell out. Yeah. So it's like when you create that type of environment for people, you're still building an amazing community. Mm -hmm. And these people are driven to purchase more from you because they trust you. They yes. you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. They love what you're about, all of those kind of things. And they understand, hey, I have to pay for this. Right. <laughs> you know what it is? It's just hand in hand. Exactly. I want this experience. I need to be committed financially to it. Right. Absolutely. And that's also something that people overlook you know the members that are already in your facility are your greatest source of revenue yes and they've purchased from you in the past they're more likely to purchase from you than anybody else yep. um and that's something that people don't really think about you know it's always like let's just get more people in but you don't always have to get more people in you can grow the business two ways you know you can grow it internally you can run challenges, plays, different things internally. Uh, you can provide nutrition and accountability and supplementation and retail. And there are so many other ways to generate revenue than just getting new people in the door, you know, exactly. but if you can do all of those things at the same time, then that gets you in a really, really good spot, you know, and you've got your monthly reoccurring revenue that you can rely on but then you're also bringing in cash over the counter and there's nothing better than cash in hand you know so and I, I think owners don't realize when they get into certain things especially like so my gym is technically considered like a higher end boutique fitness yes right so the overhead for monthly spend is a lot higher than I think what people realize. Yes. So it costs me with payroll and I still pay myself a salary because I am still managing the studio. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these things, it's, it costs, you know, roughly $35,000 a month to run the yes. studio just to unlock right. the door and open it up. Right. Yes. So auto collect, even though we have as many members as we do, doesn't always cover that. No. So there's ways that you, you really have to fight for that extra income. And I can tell you, February was one of our worst months so far. Um, marketing was down. We had, you know, maybe just a handful of new members, maybe five to seven, which is not when we usually have 20 to 30 to 50, you know, five to seven people is nothing that doesn't even cover the Verizon bill. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so we still didn't lose money. You know what I mean? There are other ways for you to generate revenue, whether it's putting up a pre-order for an item that's high ticket that you don't always have in the studio all the time, whether it's offering nutrition counseling, you know, we have a nutrition program. I'm the nutritionist in the studio. I've certified in nutrition just so I can, you know, feel comfortable charging everyone. Um, but it's $75 a month for members. They yeah. meet with me once a week. That's it. And they right. meet with me for 15 minutes once a week. So it's yeah. not, taking a lot of my time. You know what I mean? And they're already in class. It's between classes. It's something that, you know, I would used to do. I previously would do at no cost. Right. So why am I doing it at no cost when I can add on to their membership with this additional fee for additional services? Right. And that's how I'm going to have to look at it. Exactly. Yes. That's a, a great example right there. You know, it's taking 15 minutes of your time. You're providing a higher level of service and yes, you're charging for it. You know, there are so many facilities that are like, well, it's just included in the membership and then they have nobody take advantage of it anyway. And exactly. it's like, why, you know, what's the point? They're not talking about it. They're not, um, taking advantage of the opportunity there to provide a higher level of service for your clients to get them better results, but also generate another stream of revenue. 
for the business. So, and that's where I think like, if, so other gyms, like if, if our members were to go to another gym that was quote unquote cheaper than our membership prices. Cause we generally are, regular membership is $169 a month, um, which, you know, is we're lower than some of our competitors in the area, but we are going to be upping it within the next year to 199 a month. Yep. But if a client was to go to a cheaper gym, a box gym, they do not have nutritionists on board. You can't even get nutrition counseling there. So then you're paying another $200 a month for a nutritionist, yes. right? And then right. on top of that, you're paying even more for personal training to get the individualized attention that you do in our classes already. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's where you kind of have to really look at the breakdown of it. It can't just be a one size fits all. Here's, I'm going to give them everything because I want them to stay. I'm desperate for them to stay. Right. Um, you have to kind of change that mindset mm -hmm. um, to understand that it's, you know, as honored as you are for those people to choose your gym to stay at, they are absolutely getting an amazing experience, even though it's monetary based, because they're not going to get that anywhere else. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so important too. one point that I always love to make is that you are not your customer. You are not your client. You are not your member, you know, and that's something that's hard to kind of separate yourself from that. Typically, you know, as the gym owner or as a trainer, you are not looking for help with your fitness. You are not looking for help with your nutrition. You don't need the accountability like these people need. So you don't value it as highly as they do. Exactly. So, you know, you have to look at it as being in a position where you're somebody that's never worked out before regularly, that does not have any clue how they should be fueling their body, that needs someone there cheering them on and holding them accountable and encouraging them to come to class and, you know, keep up with this routine that they've started for themselves. That is not you, you know? So you probably just don't value it as high as somebody else who absolutely needs this in their life. So that is something that is so, so important to keep in mind when we're thinking about pricing, when we're thinking about sales and selling and memberships, it's like, you are not your customer. Exactly. It blows my mind how many owners I've come into contact with who, you know, well, I wouldn't pay that much for a gym. And I'm like, yeah. well, you have to, you have to realize that, you know, you're not exactly like you said, you're not your clientele, right? You may not because you know what to do and you know how to get the results that you want and you're disciplined enough to do that. But most right. people are not, no. um, most people cannot do it by themselves. So, you know, there's right. a very small percentage of the society who has that drive and determination and all of that kind of stuff to get the results that they want by alone. Yes. Absolutely. And then another really good point that you made there kind of in a roundabout way was don't judge people. Like don't decide for people. Like who are you to decide what someone is willing to pay? You know, oh, yeah. and it's like stuff they can't afford every day. Yes. Every single day. And people who don't have money are more likely to spend money than people who do. Yep. Because, and, and typically that's why they don't have money because they just spend frivolously, you know, and it's, it's something that I always used to really focus on with the staff as well. When somebody would walk in the door, like don't decide by looking at them that they are or aren't going to pay for a membership, because for all, you know, they could have millions of dollars in the bank. You know, it's like, you have no idea and you are you can't just judge somebody and decide whether 
or not, they're going to be willing to pay for the services that you're providing. It just, exactly. that's how you get yourself in a position that does not make any money at all. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of owners too, that I've come into contact with who are afraid of their membership pricing. There's so many owners that have their membership pricing at the base price, yes. which is what we used to be at 125 when we first opened yep. a month, but we offer so much more now, like, and we, as the instructors and as the owners have to put in so much more work to give our members this bigger experience yes. that they're receiving, you know, it's their membership fee, even at 169 is, you know, not really enough. No. You know, they're not. getting all of these things. They're getting yes. several different class types that we specifically make new classes every day. We're not given classes. We're not given anything. We have to do it all our own. You know, our staff has to make classes. We have to do it all ourselves. So it's like we specifically tailor that to our clientele so that they're getting the experience that they're either enjoying and then we see or they're asking for different experiences. So we incorporate that. You know, we try to tailor it to keep the masses, you know, interested. That takes a lot of time. Yes, absolutely. And it's worth a lot of money. Yes. I used to always break it down to like an hourly wage, you mm -hmm. know, like their monthly membership down to an hourly amount. And it is literally cents on the dollar. And it's exactly. like, yeah, like, okay, is your time worth 10 cents an hour? You know, and it would like blow the minds of the staff because they would be like, you know, nervous to ask for the, the 169 a month or we were 189 a month even. So yeah. it was like, it was like, oh, well, that's expensive or, or whatever it might be. And I'm like, okay, well, is your time worth 10 cents an hour? They'd be like, what? Like, well, yep. that's what it breaks down to, whatever it was. I, I don't know what it was off the top of my head, but something crazy like that. Yeah. And then it like really puts things into perspective there, you know, for, for members and for trainers as well. So yes. not that I would break it down like that for members, but you know, you got the idea anyway. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So my Instagram um, tag is KH underscore Shannon. And then my Facebook name is just Shannon Kickhouse. And from there, you can find all of our business pages and everything like that. All righty, perfect. So Shannon from Kickhouse Warminster in Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. It was so great to be on. Awesome. And to all of the gym lords out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Gym lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Steve Shearer of Anytime Fitness out of Dexter, Michigan. Steve, what's going on, man? How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Glad to be here. Absolutely me. excited to have you here. I really enjoy talking to owners of Anytime Fitness because there's so much artistic license when it comes to 
operating your individual club. Of course, Anytime is a franchise and, and probably most of the people that listen to this have some semblance of the brand and what it's about. But for you, give us a little bit of insight into Dexter, right? What is this club about? Um, this club is definitely about coming here to practice, to learn, to make your body better. Um, and community, you know, cause I mean, especially with the last two years, <laughs> people are looking for community and we try to provide that. Um, and tell all my managers and trainers, like, if you're not talking, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, we gotta, got something wrong. Um, so for me, it's like really, it's, it's the transfer of knowledge between trainers and individuals. I mean, trainers. Um, and it's also just the community where we try to provide something that people don't really have anymore um, and, and people want, you know, and, and that's where I think we, we win at this, this club is that we try to really push those couple areas, sure. Yeah, Anytime has really found itself in that sort of nice little niche. Of course, if we're to, to classify the business model of it, it sort of fits in the big box category, but Anytime has really branded itself as that more community, almost small town for that guy sort of brand. And, and so let's take a step back before we dive too far in on, on the business side of things. Steve, what made you want to open up this club in the first place? When did you put all this together? Um, well, I got the permits in early 2020 before everything hit the fan. Um, <laughs> and of course, signed the lease like literally two weeks before everything got locked down. So that was kind of like, oh crap moment when that happened um but you know we still built everything out and it was kind of nice because traffic was men and you know all the construction uh material supplies stores were all open but uh but yeah it was it was a big it was a kind of a crazy time for sure uh, but it was also close to my house for one um it was in my my community so i want to be a part of my community i want to get to know the community and i want to offer my knowledge and health, which I think is, is, you know, quite vast <laughs> in my humble opinion, um, <laughs> that I can uh, provide that service to people and, and really help educate and train people and the things that they want with their life and their body. And like, that answers yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so a bit of a chaotic start to say the least, <laughs> right? We, we started on, on shaky ground, but now as things stabilize a little bit, tell us about the business as it stands now, right? The meat and potatoes of this is the open gym model, people paying a monthly membership, coming and going on their own. Tell us about some of the other services that you guys offer. Um, yeah, we're 24-7, uh, 365, and that goes for all the other anti-fitnesses our members have access to as well. And that's a big, you know, that's kind of a model that we built ourselves also, also but now like everybody has the same kind of, you know, spiel for the gym. A lot of gyms will do at least. Um, but uh, I guess we provide um, training. We try group classes. We have a kind of on-screen power rate monitoring and like uh, different competitions to see who gets the most MEPS with uh, MyZone. It's kind of mm -hmm. our, our like, yeah, our heart rate monitoring system. Sure. Um, got showers. I don't do towels because I know what goes in those things and I don't want to <laughs> bring around. Yeah. Those are gross. <laughs> um, 
and uh you know i guess that's that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it really it's just yeah we, we're not like uh you know the big box that have the spas and the pools and the saunas and all that fun stuff I wish. right but there is still a, a tiered system to this right we have our base of our pyramid being the sort of general membership and then some additional services layered on top of that provided that's what the person actually wants give us an idea of how many people in total you serve across these different services? Um, well, basically we have a little over 400 members now, which is uh, which I'm really happy about. I was kind of worried, of course, when we started, I was like, is anybody gonna sign up at all? When, <laughs> you know, the pandemic's coming and everyone's scared and everything like that. So they don't wanna come to a place where everyone's breathing hard and, you know, touching everything. <laughs> right. So, um, and, you know, we've had some people you know, we've had some uh, some issues with all the regulations and stuff like that with uh, some people um, just leaving and stuff like that on um, my end. I kind of, not to get into politics too much, but I kind of stuck with the motto of a, um, if you're not wearing a mask and assume you have a condition that the mask exacerbates and CDC said you're allowed to not wear a mask, if you have a health condition, no masks, it, it, you know, hurts you. So I said that was my my stance on it. I held to it, um, and I got a lot of transfers from other gyms that actually kind of laid down the law on that because people want to breathe. It's a health club. It's healthy to breathe when you're working out, and uh, that was kind of my stance on on that. Um, and I had a lot of success, but I also had people coming like, "Why is there people not wearing masks?" I'm leaving until they ran out the door. So um, it helped us. It hurt us. You know, I don't know. Yeah, there's no real know. winning in a time like this. It's either you're going to have supporters, you're going to have people that are against it. And so yeah. for you guys with given certain capacity restrictions, we've got somewhere north of 400 members. Is that a number that you're trying to grow? Can it go up from there? It can. We're not, definitely not the biggest shop. Um, and How big know, is the facility? I don't think we even touched on it. It's like 5,450 square feet. Okay. So, so decent sized spot, right? Not too bad. Um, but you know, it definitely, our capacity is 42 um, people allowed in the gym once. <laughs> so it's not crazy big, but it's, uh, you know, we, we've come close to that number. We really haven't touched it um, too much. But I know, like, they had the 25% rule for a while. But at that time, we had very few people all coming at the same time, and they had those restrictions. So now they're gone. So, um, yep. so far, we're doing good. We do get, like, around 5, 6 o'clock. It gets pretty crazy in here for sure. It's pretty rough time to come in for people that don't like want to be around other people. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like some room for growth on the membership standpoint, but potentially more room for growth in PT or, or group, like higher level services. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely trying to push that now that we have the membership base. Um, and yeah, I got the trainers too. So we're trying to coach them to sales and getting people in for their classes um, and doing fitness assessments, um, which is, you know, we have a really good setup for that. Um, we have a good body scanner that tells your body age, all these, you know, what is it, 32 points of fitness, 30 plus measurements. <laughs> right. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, it yeah. gets good information people. Yeah. And, and I mean, historically, this sort of model, right, the idea is the bigger the base membership, statistically the more people will get into those higher level services but those are usually where we can drive a big portion of revenue right just by nature of how the pricing structure works more people in pt 
the better for the business and the better for the client. Typically they're getting better results as yeah. well. Talk to us about how you guys have had success in terms of getting people to try PT or to try group training. Well, um, one thing I do with my trainers is I tell them, you know, you're never giving away free lunch. The more you discuss health and fitness and help out people around the gym, people will see that, will appreciate it, and they'll feel comfortable around you and trust you, you know, and they want to hire you possibly. So I always do my, I always coach everybody I see in the gym. If I see something that they're doing wrong, I'll, I'll come up and, you know, correct them as politely as I can, unless they're like, you know, a big meathead jack that probably shouldn't correct no matter what, he's just going to get pissed. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, but, you know, I mean, the people that are, you can tell, don't really feel comfortable, those, those are the people where you try to target, you know, because that's someone who doesn't feel comfortable because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, those, they, they, they need it the most, right? Yeah, they're intimidated. So yeah. um, we kind of, yeah, we, we do size people up, and you should. Because <laughs> inevitably, some people you don't want to talk to, and some people you definitely should talk to, but you probably don't want to talk to. You know? So there's always, always things like that. But uh, yeah, our big thing is we just try to make it, we'll come to you environment. Uh, you don't have to come to us. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And one thing along the way that you mentioned was working on training some of your trainers on the art and the skill of sales are they responsible for building their own business or are you able to sort of funnel some some people their way or both um both i like them to be independent and you know doing the things that work and coaching them on that because i mean i can't do everything i have a <laughs> right businesses I run. that's a big uh, important point to remember yeah yeah, you have to, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've been personal training since 2005, personally, um, and I did some other things in between there, but I've been training for a long time, so I do know how to do it myself, but um, it's it's better if you can get them to do a lot of the groundwork. Yeah, um, I mean, there's only so many hours in the day for you, and I assume at some point you want to sleep, Steve, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so it's imperative for you to, to delegate some of this to your team. Yeah. Take us back a little bit because we, we did touch on growing the membership overall and growing the PT program. Tell us about what marketing looks like for you to grow both or to, to grow the business overall. How are you guys bringing in leads to find new customers? Um, well, right now it's a lot of word of mouth, uh, which is good. We've been getting a lot of that. Um, just people coming in, Hey, my buddy said this gym is awesome. Come on in, you know, stuff like that. So we're getting a lot of, uh, a lot of younger adults, I'd say, in here, which can be good and bad. You know, sometimes that intimidates uh, other some certain demographics out of there. But uh, but you know, there we're getting a lot of just trying to create the environment um, that that will make people enjoy it here. I guess that's yeah. kind of what we, we try. So yeah, have you guys used any other kind of marketing strategies in the past, or or do you plan on using anything else in the future? We've done um, honestly most like mailers most like things like that we don't see the roi that um that we really want so even even um, in the tone of your voice it sounds like you didn't have a good experience with it no i mean we've done you know facebook social media stuff like that um so yeah that that gets you some people um for sure but like once we stopped using it we didn't see really a change in kind of people signing up so i mean there's good and bad, but a lot of times it's just me spending money that I don't want to. 
um, <laughs> rather put them back in the club or buy new equipment or you know stuff like that. Um, so a lot of times um, I try to incentivize the members members to bring in new clients. So I say, hey, if you know somebody want to work off, we'll give you a free month or two, you know, yep. uh, for everyone to bring in. Uh, and we try to make it enjoy the place for them to come in, so they'll want to bring their friends and tell other people about it too. So that's yep. kind of our main. Main marketing as of now, this just yeah. seems to. Well, that's that's really the difficult sort of balancing act when it comes to small business owners like this. I mean, of course, we want as many free referral type leads as we can because it's going to be an easy sales process, right? They, we, they know who we are. They probably like us and they trust us enough because some of their friends referred them our way. Yep. They're probably a higher quality client as well. They're probably going to provide less headaches. They're probably going to pay their membership on, on time every month. We want as many of those as we possibly can, but in nature, true nature of fitness, it's probably cyclical, right? We may get 20, 25 referrals one month. We may get two the next month. And so it sounds like you guys have at times supplemented with other things to try to drive that growth yeah. to keep it a little bit more consistent and, and manageable, right? So I know, hey, February, we're going to be at XYZ numbers. March, we're going to be at XYZ numbers. And it's a little bit easier to tell in the long run. Now, for you guys, when, when a lead comes in from wherever, right, from social media, from a walk-in off the street, from a referral, wherever, walk us through kind of what the, the sales process looks like. What is a customer experience in that typical journey? Well, I mean, at first, of course, introduction, and then... Um, just try to notice something unique about them to mention, just to make a connection somehow. So I say make a connection, make it personal. Um, and then uh, after that, I ask, okay, so what brings you in? What, what do you want to accomplish here? You know, that seems pretty open-ended question uh, to always hit. And then they say whatever. And then basically I try to focus on whatever they said, their goal is that this is how you can help this and this will work with this. And you know, so I try to take them on the gym on a tour of how they can accomplish their goals with different um, unique uh, machines we have in here. And we do have some, a wide variety, you know, from uh, air runner uh, treadmill to the, of course, the normal treadmills, um, water rowers and stuff like that, which I, of course, I always push the air runner no matter who you are because <laughs> I mean, I personally think it's one of the best things you can do for your overall fitness is a high intensity sprints with long duration rest and stuff like that. Um, so I always like try to instill knowledge on them too. Like, uh, I give them as much, like, I don't, you know, all, uh, all knowledge bomb them as, as sometimes too, just to give them like, Oh, yeah, wow, this guy knows a lot about physiology. He knows a lot about health. He knows a lot about how I can accomplish my goals. So it might be a good resource for me to do that. Um, I try to do the same thing with my, my guys, like, you know, help them out right away, give them what they want and tell them how to do it. And, uh, and you know, they might want help along the way too. So that's kind of our, our spiel. And then of course we go over the whole gym, but that's maybe the, the things I think drives our membership more than anything. I think, I think fitness has sort of two different dynamics when it comes to sales. And for a long, long time, the predominant dynamic was we're going to push as people as hard as we can to get as many signups as possible regardless of their feelings, regardless of what they're actually looking for, just sign them up. And, and it's evolved a little bit to sort of more of what you're talking about, where we're asking questions. What do you want? Why are you here? What is, you, what is your actual hope and aim to accomplish? And 
here's the, here's the services and offerings that we have. Here's what I think is going to be best for you. And it's such a more welcoming change. I mean, people are still hesitant to join gyms because they think that's what they're going to get. And it's, it's really such a huge benefit for people to get into these types of services. But if they're scared and, and aren't really willing to even try it in the first place, we have to work even harder. And so for you guys, that looks like, how can I actually help this person, right? It sounds so simplistic when we talk about it like that, but it's not in practice. And so there's service. That. Go ahead. That's what we do. That's what we're here. That's what we accept with the way. That's our passion for hopefully if you're a trainer in the gym, that should be your passion. It's like, is you want to provide them a good service in the health and fitness world and you want to do everything you can to cater to them. Um, yeah, it's, that's why we say we get into the industry and then yeah. it's easy to, to get away from that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But, uh, you know, remember the basics, get back to the basics. And that's it works that's what it does. It that's for sure. <laughs> and so Steve, as we sort of, we, I mean, we've talked about how this whole thing got started. We've talked about processes and how the business looks now paint us a picture of the future for you guys. Where do you see this business going? What's the vision for you? Um, you know, I'd like to get shoot, I like to double my membership, honestly. I mean, uh, I think we can as long as everyone doesn't come at once. Uh, <laughs> that'd be crazy. But I want to get like groups, I want to get a running uh, teams started out of here. I'd like to start a running, running team, um, uh, and just have a uh, different fitness services that we can really kind of get the community involved as much as possible with the type of facility we have, I guess. It's, It'd be, of course, we could do a lot more if we had those bigger facilities, a lot more options. But, you know, we just doing what we can. I think just getting the um, people in here, the classes, and then just building a community of, uh, of health and fitness and knowledge, you know, uh, yeah. that's kind of what I enjoy doing. I'm sure that people do, too. <laughs> and it, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like you have some experience in doing just that. And it sounds like you're well on your way to moving towards that vision. Right. When we talk about where are you headed? It's a lot easier to make decisions today if we know the direction we're headed, at least. And, and it definitely sounds like you guys have that dialed in. Now, Steve, as we sort of come to the end of our time and begin to wrap this interview up, where can people find out a little bit more about your club? Is there a website? Is there social media? Um, yeah, we're on uh, Dexter, probably uh, on Facebook. Um, and I try to update that. Um, honestly, I'm really bad at social media stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not my specialty right um but i do try to post some things on there too and try to get you know um and i really into supplements and i study natural badly um and uh all that thing so i try to give people tips they can do on the you know at home and things they can do to provide benefits to themselves um so i, I do i'm trying to get into that too more where i know i, I don't do it enough i can tell you that for sure um but i really want to try to really provide that service to um, like one of my heroes is Dr. Ben Lynch. He talks about epigenetics and I read all his books and watch a lot of stuff. Um, and I really, I should be posting a lot of that stuff on my Facebook accounts. People like it, share it and see it comes from my club. So that's one thing I, I do yeah. plan on doing more, Good, but, uh, but yeah, I should do a lot more of that. <laughs> yeah. And so to everyone who connects with Steve and the Dexter anytime, be on the lookout for new content coming soon. We're going to hold you to that, Steve. All right, Man, like it. it's, it's been awesome to, to get a little bit of your mindset 
when it comes to running the club and, and how you visualize success for yourself. Now, I, we'll have to get you back on here down the road and, and check in on that membership growth. How's that sound? <laughs> for you? Sounds good. I like awesome, it. man. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your contribution here. To everyone who tuned in, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Reps Gym and Supplements in Eunice, Louisiana, Alex Riddout. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and yourself? Uh, I'm doing very well, sir. I appreciate you coming on, uh, spending some time with us this morning. Man, I appreciate it, too. I'm ready to talk about some things and uh, right. share light on this 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 whole deal all right let's do it let's jump in tell us you know in a nutshell what's what is reps gym and supplements all about i mean i know it's in the name but give us give us your take on it man we'll just go back to 2013 and in december well actually before that or if you really want to go back way before that where this was just a dream whenever i was growing up to start my own facility my own gym and um in 2013, my, me and my father, he actually presented the opportunity for me to be able to, to have to go through this process and, and actually achieve this goal. So in uh, December of 2013, we started our gym, we opened up, took a lot of work, we, we bought this facility, it used to be a clothing store, and we uh, gutted it out, renovated it and um, started a gym. So from there, it was all about getting members in of course you know how are we going to make money how are we going to get this attention how are we going to get people in here start circulating and um i kind of used my uh my background in bodybuilding i started bodybuilding uh, right after high school 2012 i did my first show as a teenager i took first and then at my second show the same year a month later i took first again and uh, it just became a process of me winning shows and getting exposure throughout Louisiana and a few shows in Texas. And I didn't win them all. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I, that's where my base came from. And I just knew that this was something I wanted to be around and, and I wanted to grow my family and my life around this and just a opportunity to make a good business from. So 
I used uh, my bodybuilding as a background and people kind of knew my face. So that started getting in the, the first little bit of business. And then from there, it, it just grew organically word of mouth and Facebook and, you know, different ways of marketing, Instagram, Snapchat. And uh, basically all my gym is, is, is about is, you know, over here, we try to create a, a family atmosphere. You know, we're not, blood, we're not all blood related, but um, many friends, many, some of them are coworkers, you know, some are just people that come in that's heard about us from online and we welcome everybody in with open arms and uh, we try to make them feel comfortable here. I don't, I don't allow any kind of discrimination in here. So, um, you know, people come in big, small, fat, skinny, they're already muscular, you know, black, white, Asian, doesn't matter. There's no discrimination here. I do not allow that. Um, and I think that's what kind of sets us apart. Typically, some of these gyms you'll walk into, and as soon as you walk through the door, you feel judged immediately. And I never wanted that with my gym. So that's been a really good, uh, it's been a good deal for us. And um, we started out as trying to cater to everyone, but we noticed that we started getting this, uh, I don't mean the title of a meathead gym. <laughs> and uh, basically, I guess, because I was in bodybuilding, uh, many of my friends that came in, they were bodybuilders or they were pursuing bodybuilding or they wanted to be around it. So, you know, we had a lot of guys at first, a few women that were pretty big. And um, soon after that, I was like, man, I got to break this. I got to break this name, like this title. I don't want to be known as a meathead gym. You know, it's cool, whatever. But um, I want to feel welcoming to everyone. So I started thinking of ideas and really I can't even put my finger on what I did at that point in time. I don't even remember. It must've been instantaneously, but uh, soon after that, you know, we, we started accumulating more people and they would, these were just like, we had elderly people coming in. I'm talking about some people would come from the uh, nursing home. <laughs> They'd have somebody drive over here just to train with us. And, um, uh, I don't know how all this came about. Maybe it was just a certain person that I spoke to and it was just a silent deal. But um, we started growing our, our business over here, our clientele. And um, ever since then, we've just been, it's been constant growth and, you know, you have your ups and downs, but, um, you know, it's been good on our part and we've tried to, been good, try to be good to people. So, yeah, that we're basically, uh, that kind of wraps up with what we're offering over here, you know, we have the swimming pool, personal training. We have healthy meals, uh, supplements, and uh, actually make my own supplements as well. And we just, we wrap ourselves around everything. The only thing that we don't offer is classes. The Unfortunately, the facility that we bought, we've added onto already, but uh, it was just extra bathrooms and stuff like that. But nothing uh, that can suffice for, you know, a large class or anything like that. So we do everything basically other than the classes and, um, you know, group X stuff. Got it. Got it. Um, are you guys doing a lot of personal training there? I know that you don't have a, a huge staff. Um, is that a big part of what you do? So it's a funny thing. Um, my personal training is, it is large. I, I train a lot myself. So I'm the owner, I'm the trainer, I'm the, you know, the everything, the workhorse. And uh, I have a few people that work as trainers for me. Uh, they're not actually, uh, how would you put it? They're not actually involved with the gym. 
they're basically people that, you know, they pay their own membership, they pay their own way. And I allow them to set whatever price point they want. They just have to have their own business, you know, and uh, I, that's basically their, you know, if you go into a barbershop or whatever, they pay their chair fee, you know, <laughs> and they, they pay that to the owner of the field. So for me, it's um, they're paying their membership. They're getting these guys in and these women in as members. And that's basically their chair fee. You know, they're bringing me business. So I'm bringing them business. And it's kind of like a scratchy bag. And then they scratch our back kind of thing. And um, it's been great, man. Like that's, that's a really good way to operate. I find that these gyms that offer personal trainers, they take most of the trainers money. You know, that's the guys that are doing the legwork and the women that are waking up early in the morning to go train and, all these people putting in those hard hours for, you know, eight to $10 an hour can't make a living on that, you know? <laughs> so, um, we allow our, our members to come in. Now we, we do like proof of certification and, you know, they can't just be any Joe blow. They have to be somebody that's reputable. And, um, if they have that and they could provide that with the, then we allow them to be able to train over here and they set their own price point. Got it. So really your only requirement is that the people that are training are a member and you benefit from that, that increases your member base and you're providing a spot for them to come in and, and earn a living kind of the way that you'd want to be treated if you were in a, uh, another facility training. Exactly. Because those people are going to come in there are the, the trainer is going to be paying for their own membership. Their, their clients will be paying for their own membership. So right then and there, I'm getting a monthly, you know, payment and they're going to spend money with me on supplements. They, they might have a friend that wants to join to come train with them or work out with them. And, you know, it just kind of grows from there. It's like a ripple effect. So uh, I don't find that I need any more money from the trainer whenever I'm not doing anything, you know, I, I might just, the only thing that I will say is that I might, uh, you know, somebody calls and they're like, Hey, do y'all for trainers and I'm full or, you know, whoever's full, I'll send them to somebody else. And, uh, you know, just try to make it fair and, and, and disperse the clientele. But um, that, yeah, they're able to make as much as they want. You know, I, I just, I think it's fair when people that want to make a living from what they love, but they can't just go to any gym because they're, they're making, you know, 40% of the profit. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So one of the things you mentioned that I want to make sure we talk about, we can go into it now is um, those people are also potential customers for your, for buying supplements. And you're not just selling, you know, somebody else's stuff off the shelf. You, uh, you came up, formulated, had manufactured your Cajun labs brand. So tell us about that. Um, how it came to be, how you execute that, and then also how it tied into you uh, you having some income during the COVID shutdowns. Right. So Cajun Labs, man, that's that's our powerhouse. Um, that's really, you know, we started the gym. That's my my first love, obviously. And then and the second thing that I've always wanted to do was have my own supplements and uh, or or to be sponsored by somebody. But I'm no longer really competing. So. Um, I was like, man, it, you order from businesses, you know, uh, I'm not going to name any, but, uh, you know, brokers and all that. And they just kill you with those fees. You know, you're paying, you're paying a, a middleman that's getting paid, you know, and at the end of the day, you're barely making anything. So, and most of the time you just don't know what you're taking, you know, 
they hide it in proprietary blend and it's just we we, we didn't want that so I, I went ahead and started my own business I started with a, a few supplements like a pump pre-workout stimulant pre-workout uh, your fat burners uh, protein branch chain amino acids such things like that and uh, with Cajun Labs it's very unique because we use a lot of Cajun mythology and folklore. Um, that was kind of like the staple of the, of our uh, brand at the beginning. So, you know, we, I could tell you, we have like voodoo magic and uh Rubaru, which is like a, basically a Cajun werewolf curse. And it branches on from that. Uh, we, so one of our supplements is called Gulf storm because we're hit by so many hurricanes over here. So, uh, <laughs> So I implemented all of that into it. It kind of made it original. And um, and then I branched off to a new series called the Artillery Series, which more like muscle building supplements, not just um, dietary supplements like protein and stuff like that, that for everyday use um, for your average goes. Uh, the Artillery Series kind of hits a little bit harder. And we're constantly just growing on that. But Cajun Labs, is yeah, it's definitely rare. It's unique. And we're growing rapidly. And if it wasn't for this business, for this this supplement business uh, during the pandemic, it was just crazy. You know, we were shut down for months. And having those sales online, um, even though we couldn't sell out of the store, the online sales for people working out in their garages, in their living rooms, it was, it was great, man. The love was awesome. And uh, the support was great. And it helped carry us through that pandemic. But... Yes, Cajun Labs, uh, you can find it, www.cajunlabs.com, Cajun with a K, Labs with a Z, and just check us out. There's a picture of me on the About Me page, <laughs> and um, we offer several different supplements, and I'm always answering every call, every email, every text, every message, anything. Um, I try to answer it to the best of my capabilities, and we run that business out of our gym, too, so it's a uh it, it's a, we have a team together and it's been pretty successful so hopefully people they check that out you know all the people listening for sure now there are a couple of uh couple of pitfalls that people generally run into when they're trying to sell supplements and i'm interested in kind of going down that list and seeing how you you know some of them you don't have to worry about and, and some of them you you know i i'm not sure right because i'm not in your business so um, things that people talk about as gym owners that, you know, they run into one is just um, competition, right? So for you, you have a, a proprietary brand, people can't buy it anywhere else. So you've eliminated that problem, right? Nobody's going to go to GNC or Amazon or ever and buy your product cheaper than they can buy it from you. So you got that one licked, right? Right. Now, go ahead. We uh now we do we do wholesale, uh -huh. but we reach out to you know small businesses as myself you know like like our gym, and um, we try to get it into these little supplement stores or these gyms uh, around our area. We've reached a lot of around around our area so far, but we've also branched out to um, a few businesses. Uh, we have some in Pittsburgh, some in Ohio, um, in Texas, so Arkansas, and it. It's just like, you know, we're we're just wholesaling to them and we give them a good price point. And um, I'm basically doing what I used to have other people do for me, you know? And the only difference is, is that I'm on the, 
I'm on the better end of it, <laughs> I guess you could say, where I'm not just the middleman, I'm the source. So for sure. So you don't have to worry about them though, you know, going online and somebody undercutting you or them feeling, you know, like you're a crook. So you, you, because the, they're not going to, they're not going to talk to some gym in Pittsburgh to go and buy your stuff. They're either going to buy it from you or not. So you get that. What about warehousing and storage, you know, trying to have all the product, whatever is going to move this month. You know, it's one of those things where a lot of times people don't have a lot of space, you know, warehousing, storage, things like that uh, become an issue or, you know, just having enough of the right product, whatever's going to sell at the right time there. How do you combat that just bulk of having a lot of stuff or, you know, do you have a quick manufacturing turnaround? How do you, how do you work against that? Well, um, so the turnaround process used to be quick, but due to the, you know, COVID and everything and everything else that's going on, it's, it's, it's a, a longer process now. So, and the MOQs, you know, the, your minimum quantity orders, it's just, those are outrageous. They pretty much doubled everything. So, uh, you know, we don't, we don't manufacture it here at our gym. We have a, you know, FDA regulated facility that does all of that. I simply send them my formulations and we go back and forth till we get it right, you know, and they offer warehousing there. Uh, but typically I try to get as much as I can because I'm one of those people, you know, I'm from the South. I like to have it in my hand, you know, so I, anytime I need it, I don't want to wait on anybody. So we, we have a, a, we have a storage unit here for it, you know, it's climate controlled and everything. And then we keep a lot of it inside of our gym, our facility, uh, you know, at least three or four pallets at a time. And we haven't ran into any, any issues yet. So. Awesome. Awesome. So last part that comes up a lot is the sales end of it, right? People say, I get all this stuff. I put it on my shelf. I'm using it. People see me using it. Um, above and beyond that, they're like, they don't have a process. They don't know how to sell people more of it. They don't know how to make people aware of what it is. And, you know, they spend an hour explaining to people the benefits of things and they're like, all right, cool. And then they bounce, they don't buy anything. So do you have any kind of system behind how you sell it to your members, how you promote it? Man, my promotion is, uh, and okay. So really, you know, as far as samples go, like what most companies do, um, I, it's hard to get samples too right now. So, you know, due to COVID and all that. And so I basically, when somebody comes in, they want to try my stuff, or even if it's somebody that's not even from around here, I'll try to mail them something, you know, a partial container or whatever I have on hand and uh, allow them to try it before they buy it, you know, because that's a big thing, especially in the South. That's people from Louisiana, if they can't see it or they can't try it, normally they don't want it. It's really hard to sell to people here, but, uh, but uh, you know, just, I use it myself and I market it through uh, some athlete. I have different athletes that I sponsor some teams and, you know, I endorse them. They get me sales. I give them a, a coupon code and they're basically like you see with other brands that use ambassadors or they'll use their athletes and they'll give them a discount code to share to their fan base and, however much they sell, they sell, you know, and it's basically just word of mouth, man, just getting stuff out there and um, showing the effects of it through pictures and videos and showing the, sharing the results 
of the supplements that are people people are getting. So I, I normally when I sales to somebody, I, I try to get them to document, you know, their progress because that's that's the biggest thing. And the same thing with my personal training. At first, when I started my business, I used myself as advertisement because I changed my body so much. I went from, I don't know, 15% body fat to two and a half. So it, you know, I use myself and even today with my business, I use myself too, showing people the results, you know, different gaining strength, or maybe I'm sleeping better or I'm gaining muscle, I'm dropping body fat. And I get the customers to try to do the same thing. Just share that positive feedback and the negative feedback because <laughs> I try to keep the gym and the supplement business honest. We don't hide anything. You don't have to come to my gym to look for, uh, to, to, to get a price you can call on the phone. I think it's silly when people set up, a, you have to come in for a consultation. You know, some people don't have that time, you know, so it's, it's easier for them to just call, get a quote like they would do with a contractor or something. <laughs> and uh, it just, it, it's a lot, it's, a, it's better that way. It's more efficient that way. Yeah, you brought up consultations, and I get that you don't require them. I think transparency, putting things out there, being as upfront about a lot of stuff um, as possible, it, it especially when you're a smaller operation, you don't have 25 employees that you can, you know, have a full schedule of stuff like that. Um, so people can get information, but once they do come through your doors, is there a process you take them through, a tour, an assessment, an orientation? Um, any sales process to try to get them to do anything above and beyond their basic membership? And if so, what does that look like? Man, uh, to be honest, I talk to them just like I'm talking to you right now. Like I said, we, we're, we're family based, you know, we try to give a very positive, healthy atmosphere in here. As soon as they walk through the door, I welcome them. Like I've been knowing them forever. <laughs> you know, even if they called before, or if they didn't, um, I, if they if they want a tour, I walk them around. You know, I offer that. I allow them to have their first day free. You know, I don't want anybody signing up if they don't like with, you know, spending money before they've even tried it. And uh, that that tend to lock them in. You know, they they just try the gym out. They oh I like this or I dislike it. You know, you're not gonna get everybody. They all have their niche. But um, you know, they come in. I welcome them. I give them the tour. I will go through prices and stuff like that. And I, I don't, I'm not too pushy. You know, I, I don't like to be pushed. So, and I know people are generally like me. Um, you don't want them to come in here and say, Oh, you need this. You need this. Or you look like you need this because now you're starting to offend them. And it's just not an organic way of, of uh, developing your clientele. So I just let normally if they made it this far and they've walked through the door, they got through the hardest part. So um, they're here because they want to make a difference and I'm here to offer that difference. So uh, we just meet in the middle and we do what they want to do. And like I said, I try to keep it as transparent as, as possible. Sure. All right. So I appreciate you shedding light on that. So last thing that I think we're going to have time to cover while we have you on here is um, what's the future look like? What projects do you have? What plans Anything that you're trying to uh, do to take reps to the next level, uh, whether it's in the gym, with the supplement business, uh, what's on your agenda? You don't seem like the type of guy that just sits back and, and just, just chills out and lets the day-to-day -day be the day-to-day. -day. So what else is on your plate? Well, you're definitely right by that, man. Uh, I, I, creativity is my thing. <laughs> it's a downfall sometimes, but 
Um, uh, so basically we offer, we have, a, a, I don't know if you know what powerlifting is, but we have a powerlifting uh, competition that we host here yearly. We missed last year because I didn't think it was going to be worth it. But uh, this year we'll be hosting one in September and Southern Powerlifting Federation, SPF, they come out from Arkansas. They host it over here. The gym hosts the meet. You know, we put on the meet, but we rent a building that's right behind my gym because it's just too many people. You know, I can't house that many people in here. I don't want to get in trouble with the fire marshals. So <laughs> yeah, right. We, we've done it before. But it's a lot of work. It's moving equipment outside. And, you know, every time we do that, something breaks. So so we just uh, we're just going to rent a building this year. But, you know, powerlifting. Um, I'd also like to bring a bodybuilding competition hosted by my gym and my supplement business in our area. Not so much in my gym because thirty five hundred square foot is not enough. But, you know, we'll probably rent another area for that. Another place. And. Uh, really just grow, man. Like, uh, I, I work about 30 minutes from here. Now I moved. So I would like to have a business that's closer to where I live, where I can, you know, manage both of them and be able to offer my services to another city nearby, which is near where my wife works too. So it would work, <laughs> it work out perfectly. And, uh, really just continue to grow and satisfy our, our customers and, put in here what they want and, you know, just listen, keep an open ear because your customers are, you have to give them what they want. It's not always about you or what you think's best. It's what you keep hearing. You know, if, if you put a box out on your counter and you start a poll and you say, Hey, you know, will we do better with this or will we do better with that? You know, you just take a vote and your customers will tell you exactly what they want, you know? And uh, I think that some people fail at that point and, whenever you put what's best, it doesn't get you, it doesn't get used or, you know, it just sits up and collects dust, you know, such as like an, a piece of equipment or whatever. And then you just wasted your money. Now you're trying to sell it and get what they want and you're in the hole for two things, you know? So really just growth, man. I want, I want to grow. Uh, uh, and I want to expand a little bit. I don't plan on having a huge franchise. I like to have this small, close family oriented atmosphere and i don't want to be like a gold gym or um or anything like that it, where you know it's just you don't even know who's working there you see 40 different people a day and I, I just like it more personal you know yeah you said in the beginning right you're trying to keep it even if you're not blood related trying to keep it a family atmospheric a community more than a big old global gym big box right and i don't have any hate towards those gyms you know like I go to Texas often. I'll go work out at LA Fitness and uh, or 24 Hour Fitness, something like that. And you know, it's fine. I, I get what I need to do in over there. But it's I know when I walk through the door, if if I was a resident there, that I would not know anybody in there other than maybe the guy that works the counter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it's pretty cool to have a personal building. And then all gyms like mine, it some people don't want to go to those big franchises. They're scared. They're scared that they walk in there and there is a lot of people in and they're just, I don't know. They feel out of place over here, seeing the same crowd, seeing the same faces. You just kind of fit in a little bit better. For sure. For sure. I get that. And in same, same thing, right. We're not here to knock anybody's model, but for you, right. As the business owner 
as somebody who's looking at all the clients, who's in there, you know, doing it all the time, it has, your model has to be the one that gets you fired up, gets you wanting to jump out of bed every day and go ahead and do the thing. Right. Right. You know, if I, for me is if I can make sales, you know, and, and maintain, you know, a, 250 300 members that obviously that's the goal is to you know try to get about 300 members that would be comfortable in here we're still fairly new and we're like the newest gym in in town you know so um just you know getting up to that that membership goal and staying there and staying at that point and making more sales and all that that's really just a, a, a short-term small goal the larger goal would to have a few smaller franchises in in local areas places that if I wanted to leave my house and drive to this one, I can. And then the next day I could go to this one. I don't want to fly across, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you keep everything in a reasonable radius, it's not 30 minutes to this gym and then 30 minutes further, 30 minutes further. You're just, you're trying to keep it within your circle. Yep. Staying in the bubble. Got it. All right, sir, we are officially out of time here today, but before I let you go, I need you to give us any place people can find you, the gym, the supplements, you, website, social media, give it all to us before we let you out of here. Okay, man. Well, uh, let me start with Cajun Labs first because I know that one the easiest. Um, you can go on Instagram and it's simply just at Cajun Labs. <laughs> and, uh, it's spelled just like the website that I gave her earlier, K-A-J-U-N-L-A-B-Z. And uh, on there, you can see our website. It has a few things in our bio, along with our, um, our address, which is the Gym's address too, 1810 West Laurel Avenue in Eunice, Louisiana, 70535. And if you go onto Facebook, you'll find it's Reps Gym 24 seven and that's basically our page to um for our gym and where also our supplements are located and then you can also find that um that page at reps gym Eunice on instagram so that's pretty much our social media outlets right there we don't have a website for reps because i don't find that we really need one but facebook brings it all up you can contact us on there and We'll talk to you on the phone or you can come in or whatever you want. <laughs> but uh, that's, the, that's the easiest outlet for me. And I feel like we reach a lot of people on there. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure having you on here today. I hope to keep in touch, see where things go in the future with you, with reps, with Cajun Labs. And uh, again, thanks for spending some of your morning with us. Thank you, Dom. You're welcome, sir. To everyone out there listening, we appreciate you too. We wouldn't be here without you. If you found value and inspiration in this episode and want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.